0: I checked my emails, and I had the, the earliest email I could find was from Pastor Ken in 2013. So I've been around here for a little while, off and on. It was about Ed Chu. Maybe you remember Pastor Ed Chu. Maybe you don't. I don't know. That's, that's, uh, he came along under the umbrella of Grace Finder, and we had some enjoyable times, and we became friends. The family of God is across the world. We are all going to be together forever. And so we join in that men's ha- in mindset, and on campus, that's the hope we try to bring. And I'll just say a, just a word or two, and then uh, we'll pray, and, and I'll share the message. But this it's just a joy to be part of churches. I get to see all sorts of churches, all different styles, all the things. Uh, Norb reads my, one of my favorite authors, Scotty Smith, that prayer. I use that. I recommend it. From, uh, with, as a resourcing network, we recommend good resources that dig us deep into the gospel. Thanks for your support, too. I actually uh, have been on campus for longer than it may even look. Uh, I was actually part of the NAVs. Uh, they used to be called Campus Crusade, then power, now, now Power to Change, InterVarsity. Uh, I was part of all the groups then. It kind of planted a seed for campus ministry in my heart. I couldn't really pick, so I went to seminary, and instead of doing uh, one of those, I, I actually became a pastor. I saw the need for the pastoral connection. So you, there may even be people here online connected. And please come in for any kind of need for the campus. Uh, we try to pray together. We try to just build the unity uh, on campus and uh, try to work together in Christ. And we, we started Grace Finder to actually remind ourselves to keep finding grace. We're found by grace and to find grace in day-to-day life. Find it in the ordinary, the wonder, uh, as we'll talk about today in, in, the, in the message. And we've tried to encourage other places like U of C and U of L as well. I've already said enough, uh, but our hope is that we help people recapture a life of purpose and wonder in Jesus, and we're in the mission with you together. I've been coming across a lot of anger uh, in this uncertain time, and I, maybe you have as well, a lot of echo chamber, a lot of, I don't even almost look at the various media anymore just because I don't want to be angry at anyone <laughs> and upset by the comments that are made and especially among the body of Christ, the need for unity, the unity in the gospel, unity in the hope of Christ. And so that's something It's such a... And, and you know, honestly, I was thinking about this, reflecting on this. Maybe people are angry at God. That's typically by the end of it all. You, you do the enough reflection, people are upset with God. Like, why are you doing this to us? Um, and so we have to work through those things. Um, whether we know it or not, we, we probably have to wrestle with God that way and struggle uh, to be like Mary, in our text of Advent, maybe this would be a memorized text for you this year. And, and really, I'm going to be dipping into the whole, Luke one and two, but the text that rings has ringing so true. Uh, Nothing will be impossible with God. The angel says to her, "Wow, the, what cryptic words are those?" That's the thread through this sermon. That's the text she ponders so much in her heart. Imagine what she would be pondering. Nothing is impossible with God. Uh, her response and we'll talk more in the sermon about this i love the fact that you said that 12 days continues on and advent's not over it's not like we just decide the decorations like the store right you walk in in the store and the next day it's like well now it's what what do they put up next uh it's like boxing day sales and honestly we need to pause we need to ponder we need to to just resist that urge to jump into the next greatest thing and i think we have that more it's more difficult now than ever I think with the speed of our world and our society and the things that happen. But my prayer is today we find grace and we hold on to hope and trust God despite the circumstances. I love the fact you've been preaching on with God, with us. What an incredible word that is. That alone, nothing will be impossible with God. There's our connection. Our, uh, that's our, our text. Life is so ordinary, but God is at work. Let me, let me say a prayer. Lord Jesus, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the one who, through your word, will give us the fruit of the Spirit, love, which is manifest in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. May those things be what we hear on the feeds and the tweets around instead of some of the things that we're hearing we want to be the people of kindness and gentleness and self-control and and care and trust in you alone so go with your word now and show us the way in christ we pray amen what make what takes your breath away you thought about that lately i know probably wearing a mask and uh sorry i actually was giving out masks last uh for a fundraiser last year and i thought i'm not doing it again we're done with masks but if you see various masks with little logos that look like grace finder we were we were giving those outdoor students they're all over campus they don't know what they mean all the time but they do have a place and find it but what what takes your breath away is it dazzling sunsets or little babies or the crackling of the frozen tundra we live in Uh, Little babies, a guitar riff. I heard that on the 24th, uh, the service. I enjoyed that a lot. That was good. Mountains. Uh, We came out west because of the mountains, I I believe so, and, and other things. Maybe clothes. Maybe it's athleticism. I play hockey and soccer. I love it. I'm glad we can play again. I even got a goal the other day, the old guy on the team. What about heroic acts? What takes your breath away. Well, the older I get, the harder it is to see wonder. The wonder of the world, the wonder of what God has done, the wonder of of life. And yet, paradoxically, I reach for more. But I expect less. The battle of cynicism, especially now, a, a weary world rejoices, weary of pandemic promises. But I'm trying to look deeper for hope, noticing the ordinary glimpses of goodness, beauty, and truth all around me. Ordinary smiles and hugs and the smell of coffee and trees and w- the beauty of our, our, our lights and, and all these various beautiful things that we have. Even routine and s- the songs and being able to see people face-to-face. I almost can see you face-to-face. I almost am tempted to say, here, pull this down for a second so I, know I can see you. Some of you I have met many for, uh, probably, but I won't know it. Um, and, and online as well. I saw one student in my class... And she had not taken her... Well, they had to wear masks, so she hadn't taken her mask off except she had tea the one morning. She pulled it out, pulled her mask down. I went, that's you? Wow, our mouths... We just look at the just to see a face. It gets exciting. I had a friend of mine say to me that when they were able to finally see their friend again in one part of the the restrictions lifted, she was burst into tears. She didn't expect it because she saw her friend's face. Uh, not just on Zoom, but face to face. Really, though, ordinary, like, is it, like, like ordinary wonder is what I, I'm, you know, who wants to be ordinary? Who wants the bumper sticker that says, My child is an ordinary student at? You know, that, that, that bumper sticker. Oh, an ordinary town, an ordinary life, an ordinary job. Ordinary Advent, here it is again, here it goes, the 12 days, we continue in Advent. Not mediocre ordinary. But looking at the past, most of life is this way, though, isn't it? The biblical story gets dropped into us, and we see all these movements of, of God working, but it's thousands of years going on. It wasn't a miracle every day. The weary world is waiting and waiting for the Messiah. Even the ordinary work we have in our day, uh, things like medicine, technology, they don't happen overnight. It's painstaking, long. The long view of life is so needed. I notice even the same repeated ordinary songs of Advent. Not really some new ones I learned here. But ordinary what? What kind of ordinary? Ordinary embedded with the wonder of the story. That verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Centuries go by after a creation has gone awry. A people are gathered out from Abraham, led by Moses, an occasional miracle. David as a king was to point ahead to another king, a messiah, Anointed one, prophets foretell his coming. For centuries, the longing hearts are waiting in a very ordinary world of battles, bloodshed, and births. Enter the story. We enter that story with songs of the baby king. Joy to the world. He rules the world with truth and grace. Hark the herald. Glory to the newborn king. Oh, come all ye faithful born the king of angels. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, until the Son of God appears, just waiting. And Mary, did you know such haunting words? Your baby boy is the great I am, the weary world, waiting, waiting. It reminds me of an old hymn. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. And we could say that he doesn't work quickly. God has a different time scale than we do. God doesn't come in armed force. He comes to append, up end. The empire with a child king, like Josiah during Israel's period of revival, renewal. The irony is that the threat is real to the Romans, and it's not to a simple spiritual reality, but this announcement of a king caused ripples to the level of challenge to the emperor's divine authority. It rocked the world. Biblical scholars point out that in most of the Roman world, the belief in the emperor as divine would have been both obvious and uncontroversial. I don't think we have that anymore with our leaders. Biblical scholars point out that this was especially true in the East where rulers had long been divinized. Belief in the divinity of Augustus was so profound that even the succeeding emperors after Augustus were considered the son of God because they continued the tradition of deifying the former emperor by claiming to have seen his soul ascending to heaven. Augustus was son of God who brings good news and is called Savior, and yet a new Jewish baby receives these names. How subversive. Such a major theme of the Bible, God's ways are not our ways. We especially see this at Advent, working in such an ordinary yet mysterious way. To disrupt a corrupt empire, redeem and give people hope, and he still gives hope today. If we look carefully... The invisible hand of God is seen all over the Christmas story. By looking back, we look ahead to that second advent, that coming, that anticipation, come Lord Jesus, those ending words in Revelation. Maybe growth in faith is seeing the hidden gems among the ordinary and the mundane. That which is ordinary or hidden has power to change the world. Ordinary wonder what an overwhelming, remarkable story in such an ordinary setting. It takes grace to see it first time or year after year, but let's reflect on just two of these snapshots, two of these impossible moments to just look back. And it was already read on the, on the Christmas Eve service, the, all of Luke 1 and Luke 2 and all the various scriptures beautifully woven together. Let's just focus in on the shepherds and on Mary. This impossible, ordinary wonder headline. Number one, the servant king comes to outcasts. This is the story in Luke 2, 8 to 20, if you have your Bibles there or if you want to look to it, but otherwise, it'll just ponder with me. The shepherds, as alluded to already, are not the nicely dressed figures of our manger scenes. Picture unshaved, smelling like sheep. They were rough and rejected by society despised because their work prevented them from keeping the ceremonial law. And as they moved about the country, it was common for them to be regarded as thieves, the scholars say. You might want to see The Chosen on this. If you haven't seen it yet, it's not word for word of all of the scriptural uh, story the way some of them are. There's, there's definitely some creativity involved, but there's some... What a picture of the shepherds and the joy. I had a tear going down my face. It doesn't happen easy for me, although maybe more during COVID. Uh, the, just see that story in The Chosen. Get the visualization. But maybe I can paint a picture with a poem that someone had written. Uh, God breaks into our world and visits thieves to the people around them. He, he, he doesn't come into the palace. The shepherd poem says this. Imagine from the shepherd's perspective. It's cold outside in this God-forsaken place, and we're stuck here with a thousand sheep. While life is exciting for everybody else, the highlight of our day is sleep. It's lonely out here in this isolated job. Our position is without esteem. We're socially challenged. We're society's scourge. We're not exactly every woman's dream. Shepherds have a humble purpose. Of our fate, few people care. Sometimes I wonder if God knows we exist. If he does, he's forgotten where. Nothing ever happens to a shepherd. Life is boring as can be. While exciting things occur all over the world, nothing ever happens to me. Until now. Until that moment. Incredible. Imagine all the years they're just sitting there watching sheep. In light of that coming of the angels singing, that the, the, they exclaimed the Messiah's announcement, it was brought to them. The unclean, the outcasts, one scholar says that the doxa or the glory of the Lord should shine around humble shepherds on a Judean hillside is an event of enormous portent and hugely counterintuitive to normative religious thinking can hardly imagine the wonder of embedded in the ordinary. The Shekinah glory of the Old Testament blazes not in the temple but in the countryside. God shows up in the outer places where the marginalized are gathered into the family of faith. They too are of Israel, of God's people. They too wanted a Messiah. And there's hope for us too because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, the poor in spirit. Nothing is impossible, will be impossible with God. God shows up. We might expect God to show up in the places of esteem in our society. Or to those who have the societal clout, or the pull, or the influence. And yet God comes to those who don't have their lives together. Amen? <laughs> he comes to us. He comes to show that it's not of effort, it's grace. Having our lives all together isn't the call. The son is born, not in a palace, but a catalima, a public shelter, a house with a guest room at front, not even a commercial inn, the pandoshiyon, if I can say that properly, like the Good Samaritan. Jesus was born in a simple dwelling, not even a guest room at the front, where at the back of the house and no walls, the cows and sheep are poking their heads into the room. That might mess with your pictures of the Nativity, but that's okay. It's been messing with mine too. See Kenneth Bailey uh, just, um, seeing Jesus through, or Jesus through Middle Eastern eyes. There, Jesus is in the middle, the cattle, the, the smells. God comes to outcasts and to an ordinary house. Impossible headline, ordinary wonder, headline one. Headline two, impossible, ordinary wonder comes to a young Jewish woman. Look back at Luke 1 for this. Before Jesus is ready for birth, Mary meets Gabriel. Picture the scene. This is so hard to get clear about how amazing this is. Angels don't show up to everyone. It seems like that maybe in the biblical story, but they don't. Gabriel arrives, a messenger, an angel from God. Say that out loud. She met an angel. I don't think I will ever be able to do justice to this scene, no matter what I think. All I have is my non-experience of an angel. So I just can't read my own sci-fi depictions into the story. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings doesn't prepare me for this. This, is re- this happens. Even Isaiah in God's throne room is so far from our experience. It's so mysterious. An ordinary woman meets the wonder of wonders. Someone speaking to her from God. Not depicted as a dream as it was for Joseph, there is the messenger in front of her bringing salutations, greetings. Then, maybe the greatest understatement in the whole Bible. She was greatly troubled. Really? She was greatly troubled. Okay, she's terrified. The angel brings terror. How much can be packed into this short narrative? The economy of words here is amazing. The writer's not concerned about our curiosities, just assumes Mary meets a messenger of God and does what people do when they meet angels. A rare occurrence. Like John in Revelation, what happens? It's FaceTime. In that short phrase, all notions of wanting to meet God and tell God what we think are gone. And Mary just gently stands there, and we just can't picture maybe enough of the terror at first. In that phrase is the honest response to events beyond comprehension. And yet, the greeting, the salutation then brings grace. She's called highly favored. The Lord is with you. You have found favor. You've found grace. What confusion. Yet maybe consolation. The import of the moment not yet sinking in. How old is she at this point? In her teens. Yet she overturns the history from the garden. And she trusts, as one commentator says... Mary is the perfect foil to Old Testament imagery of faithless Israel. She's a concrete manifestation of the ideal virgin bride of Israel, the wise virgin, the faithful bride to whom the prophets pointed. It's a whole other sermon to think about Mary more. We undervalue her and overvalue her in some aspects of our church. Mary responds in an incredible way as well. No word of God will ever fail, uh, the angel says. And she she says, I am your humble servant. What a response. It could frame the whole biblical story. Here's the phrase pointing to the context of Jesus taking the throne of David. And his kingdom will never end. Mary shows that as people waited for centuries for the fulfillment... Here it was happening right before her. The longing of all the ages right in front of her, proving God's word doesn't fail. And it points forward to Elizabeth, who, while barren, is having a baby too. Two ways to show God's word not failing. It's a phrase full of meaning, yet it's fraught with peril if taken out of context. This is really crucial um, in in interpreting this and understanding this. It doesn't mean God will always intervene to make our lives safe and happy. Our stories don't go that way. It's actually much, much bigger than that. Actually, while he upholds our lives by the words of his power, he is involved in all places. It's very difficult to see God working in our lives in a truly obvious way at every moment, even as years go by. Some take this verse out of context to over-individualize. I'd recommend a book that has kind of messed with my mind, but it's a really, really helpful book, Misreading Scripture Through Individualistic Eyes and Western Eyes. There's two books. It helps you get a bigger sense. Mary's not thinking this is just about her, whereas Mary sees the promises of Israel being fulfilled. It's a a culture that sees the, the whole, not just the individual. It's not our own personal wishes of God acting in her life. And God does act in our lives. I'm not saying God doesn't. But sometimes we put our agenda on God instead of opening our hands to what God will do. And sometimes it's trials and, and tribulations, as many of us have faced. I've heard stories over the years, and a friend of mine has, is, is living without his wife. She died of cancer last year. He, he, he has to hear this too. It's not if I pray, it will just happen the way God wants it to happen. That's a whole other sermon. But it's helpful not to get stuck in that individualistic lens, but to see the collective. We attribute things in our lives to God, but interestingly, often, just those things that work out, and then we see them, we see them as going well from God. But when suffering comes, we, want, we often blame evil one or God. Mary points to a bigger plan. And there's more to be said on this for sure. There is, we, we are, she points to something also really important as we close, to an ordinary life along with glimmers of mystery. That, the, the, um, you're ta- what did you say the other day with the tints, the stuff that's all over the house? That's a great, that's a great picture. It's just enough every so often to remember God is there, but he's not coming with a megaphone at every moment. Scripture guides us here by the pauses, gaps, and silences of God, that God's ways are not our ways. We seek childhood simplicity and trust, yet in a way that is wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove at the same time understanding that God does not show God's workings, except in glimmers, in ordinary wonders. As we see with Mary, centuries have passed. People have pondered and waited for the Messiah, maybe even some giving up hope. Then suddenly, without fanfare, God comes to this faithful peasant Jewish teenager, woman. This is how his word doesn't fail. It won't fail us either on our own trial. Our trial of our moment the trial of the, of, of, of the pandemic. There's much mystery in our own lives. We want to know God can be trusted, yet we trust a mysterious plan that doesn't fill in a lot of details as it was for Mary. Her ordinary life continued, humanly speaking, and then, like you said today, the next day, she had to deal with all the human pains of childbirth, and then she had to live a life of ostracize, being ostracized, for having a child and, oh, out of, out of quote-unquote wedlock. And then her suffering began even more uh, for just raising Messiah and people thinking so much about her. Jesus' life isn't immediately transparent as the Messiah either. It takes 30 years until he's on the scene fully, and then she has to watch him suffer and die. The phrase from Michael Card's song, when he sings eternity stepped into time so that we could understand i love that one i always remember it and i I lean on it a lot i I maybe want to add to it it won't it won't be singable anymore it's so true that eternity steps into time god is with us and it's just a glimmer but maybe i'll add to it by saying eternity steps into the ordinary Into the mundane, into the, that word we don't tell our kids not to use, the boring. God steps into it, glimmering with wonder, to an extraordinary future, a a new year ahead. For some, it's only, it looks like sorrow, but we remember that God is with us, that there truly is joy to the world, joy beyond a feeling, joy that's a deep, lodged sense of. This is not the way it should be, and that God will come. May God show us his wonder this Advent season and new year. Advent says and points us forward to with hope, gently, cherishingly, and tenderly, as one uh, theologian says No, no, this isn't the way the story ends. No, God isn't ignoring you or punishing you. No, this isn't God's last word in the matter. No. God hasn't finished with you. No, this groaning, this aching, this longing won't be your eternal condition. God came in Christ to be with you, to groan with your groan, to ache with your ache, to yearn with your yearning. God in Christ suffered on the cross to show you a yearning that is greater even than your yearning, a grief that is greater even than your grief, a longing that is greater even than your longing, a longing for us. He's with us. Advent isn't an escape. It's an encounter with the time that's deeper than our time, a time we call eternal life. It's a discovery of longing that's deeper than our longing, the longing we call God's waiting for us. It's an experience deep down and through the bottom of our experience, a place where grief is no longer isolating but companionable, Because God's there, where alienating hurt becomes tender wisdom, where unfulfilled longing becomes the sculpting of a greater whole for grace, for grace. His grace is with us, with UTCC, with people of God around the world. He hasn't forgotten us, forsaken us, cling to the hope even now. He hasn't forgotten the university Keep praying for the university. He hasn't forgotten our students struggling with wellness issues. One student sees the gospel and comes, and another student is walking away right now in my own journey, and there's, that multiplies among them. Where there's division and conflict, may we look back at the center of our faith. Jesus, Messiah, name above all names. Blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, King of kings. Love truly came down. And as what my little daughter said years ago, never forget, <laughs> Daddy, he's coming back. He's coming back. Don't forget, church. He loves you. He's with you. Amen. We give ourselves to you, O oh Lord. Broken, tired, weary, struggling. Joyful, mourning, rejoicing, all at the same time. We're in the tension. It's the already now of our brokenness and yet salvation has come and the not yet of when it will come and you will return. Lord, we're so glad that you truly are coming back. But in the meantime, we fight against injustice. We Show the kindness. Give us the fruit of the Spirit to be your people in this challenging world. Through your church, in Christ we pray. Amen.